0: margot lee was talking about she delayed starting a podcast because she was like why are my thoughts more important than anyone else's and i completely fucking agree with that welcome to you're welcome i overthink everything so you don't have to you're welcome but also you're a welcome here like everyone's welcome here get it i feel like that's a good play on words or maybe it's not a good plan words but it's a plan words. Anyway, I think really deeply about literally everything because I can't help but overanalyze, but it is not like a painful thing. It's something that I love to do. I love to read into everything. I love to research everything. And a lot of my friends, especially recently, have been calling me their like bootleg therapist or coming to me for what they're calling a juju readjustment which is cute because that was what my little sister called me when we were kids juju because she couldn't say julia anyway juju readjustment i'm obsessed with that i think that's so cute and i'm so flattered okay anyways i don't always take my own life advice but i give great life advice so we're just gonna be talking about literally anything on this podcast since i love reading into literally everything and I love researching everything and I love overthinking things I'm always doing it about whatever I'm dealing with in my own life one of my favorite things about social media is that feeling of oh my god I've never had an original thought because on one hand that's like a little bit scary but mostly I feel like that's comforting it's like we're all in this together we're all going through the same thing um I love that feeling so anyways and I get it from certain podcasts I get it from like Margot Lee's No Particular Order. I get it from Emma Chamberlain's Anything Goes. And I just love those podcasts where someone is like really open about their experience with something and what they're going through and then also brings into it like the way they've been thinking about it and processing it and how they're going about handling it. All right, maybe I'm just going to completely cut the fucking intro for the podcast because that is so long and unnecessary. And on this episode, I want to talk about dating and relationships. I'm in my 20s in New York so this is top of mind for me and friends all the time. I have been referencing that sex in the city scene recently where Miranda is like can we literally talk about nothing else? How is it that four such smart interesting women have nothing to talk about but the men they're dating yeah and I, I feel like that all the time with my friends except for i don't hate it i think it's really fun we meet up to have little like tea time talks and it's fun to talk about it's like a common human experience that everyone can relate to dating in new york is a special kind of challenging a lot of my friends have been trying to understand themselves and men and dating and the dynamics better lately i think this is probably just like a really common New York thing. Like I was saying about how I overthink my friends, a lot of them are also really big overthinkers. I think people in the city specifically are maximizers. They want to optimize like every aspect of their life and they really want to understand everything. Like no one here is just okay with accepting the way certain things are. Everyone's always like, yeah, but like, why does this always happen? Or if there's a specific area of like dating or relationships where they get hung up, they're always like, okay, well, how can I figure out what I'm doing wrong here and like what needs to be done differently or why are people behaving this way? And like I said, I love analyzing, but an issue I have with a lot of approaches that people are adopting from the content they consume on the internet, from the books they read, whatever, is that just, there's so much over analysis going into everything and just like everything is so calculated and I feel like when you're trying to calculate everything and you're trying to like make sure that you get a specific outcome with dating first of all that's like manipulative and i don't think that's a good energy to put out there when you're trying to find your person whether you believe there's one person for you or there are many people for you if you're trying to like build a relationship with someone i think the wrong way to start is through calculating and trying to get a certain response out of them to like play a game and get them to chase you or whatever i don't know i just think that might work short term like you might be able to play a game and act a certain way and get someone interested because of some kind of human psychology bullshit. But I don't think that's gonna lead to what you ultimately want, which is like a healthy relationship with mutual caring and love and interest and whatever. A friend of mine whose opinion I really value and that I really trust recently has done a lot of this self-exploration in the dating love relationships area. First of all, she recommended a book to me that I'm gonna tell you about because I thought, I, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't read all of it, but from what I read, I gleaned a lot of interesting and helpful information. But she said that she's just trying to be efficient at this point. And she's like, I just want to find the fastest way to get what I want, which is just being honest with someone. Because if you're honest and someone likes what you have to say, then great. You're going in the same direction and you want the same things and maybe... That's a person you want to have a relationship with. But if you're honest and the person freaks out or runs away or disagrees with whatever you said or your approach, that's also a more positive outcome than continuing to play games with that person because you efficiently figured out that's not the person for you and you're not the person for that person, as opposed to dragging it out over months or years and later finding out that you're not the right people for each other. Like, wouldn't you just rather find that out sooner than later? Okay, I'm obviously. Everyone's not going to be a match for me and I'm not going to be a match for everyone. So wouldn't the quickest way for us all to figure out what's going on be for just everyone to just be fucking honest, like so transparent, no filter. I'm not saying like let your full crazy out and completely remove the filter and tell someone your life story and like overshare the second you meet them. But I feel like as far as what you want and what you like and how you feel about that person, I mean like you should be pretty honest. And if your honesty is consistently super overwhelming to people, like you feel like your honesty is an overshare, maybe that's something to explore and be like, okay, why do I feel like I love someone after spending, you know, like three days with them? That's like also something to look into. But if you're just like candidly communicating your needs and that's causing issues for you, then that's the perfect way to eliminate the people who aren't the right people for you. That's like it's efficient. It's ideal if you really think about it. Okay, and back to starting your relationship off through manipulating and calculating is just like bad energy. This is going to sound super woo-woo, but I think the universe rewards, I think the universe rewards you for putting good energy out into the world. I feel like that sounds so manifestation like yogi meditate I like I don't even know how that sounds, but If I were you and I didn't know me, I'd be like this girl might be one of those like spiritual won't date someone with the wrong zodiac sign kind of girls. And that is not me. But I do think that the universe rewards you for putting good energy out into the world. And I think that if you are approaching a situation, a relationship, a person with the goal of getting them to behave a certain way, so like you're immediately trying to manipulate them in the situation, you are setting yourself up to receive negative energy from the world and from that person. And I think if you approach a situation by being like, I'm genuinely interested in this person, I like them, I care about them. So I'm going to consistently communicate my feelings and be honest with them and try to be as understanding as i can within reasonable boundaries then i think you're setting yourself up to receive good from the universe and that also goes for how you talk about dating and relationships i have so many friends who love to trash men just in general men are trash men are the worst they can't be trusted oh my god i hate them i think that if that's how you talk about anyone or anything That thing is, first of all, that's what you're going to keep seeing. That's been proven psychologically that if you're like looking for red, you're going to see red objects. If you're looking for people to suck when you're dating, you're going to see people who suck you're going to find people who suck but then i also think that that's just like communicating to the universe that negative energy and then you're going to attract more of that negative energy whereas you if you focus on the good in people and you're like people are amazing sure there might be issues with communication or maybe i encountered someone who didn't treat me well in the past or wasn't amazing that doesn't mean that the universe isn't abundant and there aren't a ton of amazing people out there so i think that if you i think you need to shift your mindset that way and you need to be like no there are a ton of amazing people. I just need to get to know them. I need to give the right people a chance, etc. Then you're going to find more of those people. I also think that when you start looking for the right things... You start prioritizing the things that actually matter the universe will throw you a bunch of the like nice to haves that don't really matter but are obviously nice to have i think you should have a few non-negotiables maybe it's like they know how to communicate their emotions effectively and they do it consistently that could be a non-negotiable for you or they are enthusiastically into me like they are consistently into me they communicate that they love being around me it's never a question of if we want to hang out that could be a non-negotiable for you the things that shouldn't be non-negotiables or like priorities at all are like oh do they have the exact same music taste as me or do they have great style or do they have really good taste in food or are they going to want a vacation in the same places as me i feel like those are all really unimportant when it's like comes down to it especially depending on what you want like if you want to get married and have kids you're gonna be raising kids with this person do you really give a fuck how they dress like be so honest with yourself no one's perfect and no relationship is perfect. And so if you're thinking about what you really want, it should be like, do, do I communicate well with this person and vice versa? And I think when you start looking for those things, the universe will be like, okay, and here are a whole bunch of the other things that you thought would be nice, but you weren't even asking for. And that's when you end up in the place where you're like, oh my God, this person is too good to be true. I can't even believe that I found them. And that's when you start to feel really lucky and gratitude feels easier Because you already expressed gratitude and you already looked for the important things and you already deprioritized the things that don't matter that much. I hear all the time, keep your standards high or your standards aren't high enough. Your standards are probably too high just in the wrong areas and then too low also in the wrong areas. Women's standards are far too high in the beginning of a relationship and far too low about important things once they're far into a relationship and they care about someone. I've been telling this to friends lately and people have been losing their minds. Like I said, the craziest, most like novel thing, but it's just resonating with people because it's true. But how many women do you know who are incredibly picky with dating, finicky with getting turned on? I mean, the ickless trend, says it all women can be icked by literally anything in the beginning but then how many women do you know who are in relationships where after six eight twelve months the guy refuses to label the relationship won't say girlfriend boyfriend because he's so afraid of commitment and the woman is still in that relationship or with a guy who forgot her birthday or did nothing for her birthday or with a guy who goes multiple days without texting them or who never makes an effort to see them on Friday nights who makes tons of plans with their friends goes out every Friday, every weekend with his friends, but never makes plans to see you on weekends. And the woman is still in that relationship because once a woman cares about someone, she is so invested in making that work. And she's so invested in the relationship that she will put up with anything. But in the beginning, she's so picky about all this stuff that doesn't matter. And so I think as women, we need to just be aware of our tendencies here. And I hate to be so rigid in talking about this, but when you just talk about like, the hormones that are in a female brain versus a male brain and what happens during dating and love and sex women are much more likely to be extremely picky in the beginning and less picky later on and men don't deal with those types of issues with hormones because women are like biologically hardwired to be really careful about who they mate with but then mate for life and men aren't necessarily hardwired the same way so a lot of my female friends take one of two approaches One approach is sleeping with everyone and one approach is sleeping with no one. And let me elaborate. The sleeping with everyone approach is the roster approach. It's where you're dating multiple people at once and you're maybe more sexually promiscuous, adventurous. Maybe you're sleeping with a few of these guys at once and that helps you not to get excessively attached To one person because you're sleeping with them and then on the other side of the spectrum i have friends who will delay sleeping with someone they're dating until they're sure that they're okay with getting attached to that person so they've already vetted this person's other personality traits and they're like okay well this person is a good communicator they're kind they're consistently into me Um, i see them multiple times a week whatever he meets all of my non negotiables and then some of my nice to haves i want to start a relationship with this person okay now i'm okay with having sex with this person and dealing with the oxytocin hormone cocktail that comes with that and I'm okay with getting more attached to that person. I'm not saying either of these approaches is right as women get further into dating. What I've noticed is that they'll attempt to select one of these approaches or at least keep in mind their tendencies with standards being really high in the beginning and then really low later on because that is an issue that a lot of women, that most women deal with because of the way that we're biologically wired. Okay, I want to talk about an exercise I've been telling a lot of my friends to try lately and it's something that I have tried personally. It has led to very positive outcomes in the dating sphere and that is literally just doing the opposite of what you would normally do and it sounds so simple and straightforward and it is and that's why it fucking works because I feel like there are so many different approaches and so many things you'll learn in therapy and that your therapist will tell you to go and try or whatever but I think the majority of us really struggle with overthinking so if we are in a situation with dating And we're like, okay, I know this is my natural tendency here. I know that at this stage, I try to convince myself that there is some type of reason why this would never work before even finding out if it actually would. If that's my normal tendency and I'm being faced with this and I can tell like what I'm about to do and I don't want to repeat that same pattern, you could either like overthink and try and interpret what you should do in this specific situation and how you truly feel beneath your trauma and natural tendencies. Or you could just do the fucking opposite of what you normally do. If I'm going to cancel this date because I think it's not going to work out before I even know if it's going to work out, I'm just not going to cancel the date. I'm going to go on the date because that's the opposite of what I normally do. Because if you're repeating the same patterns and getting the same outcomes over and over, the only way To guarantee that you're not going to continue to repeat the same patterns and get the same outcomes is by doing something completely different. So if you know that's your tendency, just do the opposite of what you normally do. And this has been working so well for me and for my friends who are trying it. I honestly, I want the world to attempt this. If you're like, I'm going to make plans with my friends because I don't want to go on multiple dates with this person in a week because it's just too much. That is when you force yourself to do the opposite of what you would normally do. And it's just that simple. Don't overthink into it. Don't be like, this is my avoidant tendency. This is my anxious tendency. And I'm going to try and do this because it's healthier. Fuck all of that. Just literally do the opposite of what you normally do. Okay, I'm going to give one more example because this is something that I really struggle with and I'm really working on. But I have a tendency to really temper my feelings in the beginning, like not let someone know how interested I am, how much I like them in the beginning, because it's just safer for them not to know that. And I feel like I maintain all of the power by not letting someone else know how I feel because then they're still like working to figure that out and I know how they feel. So there's this information asymmetry, which is, it's literally fucking insane of me to use like Nobel prize winning work to analyze a human dynamic in a situation where I like someone. So if you're not as neurotic as me, please overlook that. But, anyways, something that I will do, and it's not even always conscious, is just not let someone know how I feel about them, especially early on. And that's really unfair to another person. And if someone is secure and someone is not used to playing games, that's not going to work for them. Like, if I hope to get into a relationship with someone who is a good communicator, who is secure, I'm going to have to clearly communicate my feelings because that is going to be the standard for a secure person. So by forcing yourself to do the opposite of what you usually do. So for me, like the opposite of what I would usually do is just clearly communicating my feelings and being like I have feelings for you. I like you, whatever. Communicating that early and clearly as scary as that could be. It's just the fucking opposite of what I usually do. And what I usually do doesn't get me what I want. If you're not getting what you want, do the opposite of what you usually do. Okay, I'm going to stop reiterating that. But I just really want to get the point across because that is just the most effective thing I've ever done for myself for like changing the course of my dating, love life. And it's also been really really effective for a lot of friends who have been trying it recently now i want to talk about earlier i referenced a friend whose opinion i really value and trust and she recommended to me the book how not to die alone now if anyone else recommended to me a book with this title i would laugh and be like that's so pathetic i'm not reading that i'm not really like a self-help bridget jones diary like Overthinking soft girl, why men marry bitches, and getting to I do. Like, that is just not my style of literature. But because this specific friend recommended to me how not to die alone, I was like, you know what? All right, I'm just going to preview the audiobook. I previewed the audiobook and I was like, I think this woman's talking about me, so I have to now purchase the audiobook. I purchased the audiobook, and this lady outlines three different types of people in dating the maximizer, the romanticizer, and the hesitator. And as she's detailing, each of these profiles, I'm like, I am all three types of fucked up. The maximizer is someone who researches everything and wants to make sure that they are getting the best possible thing before pulling the trigger, committing, making a decision. I am that most people in New York are that maximizers. They're always trying to keep their options open. They're like, well, if I commit to this, then I could be missing out on something else that's better. And the issue with maximizers is they over research everything and they tend to be less happy Than the people who research less and just pull the trigger on a decision earlier and stay committed to that. Like the people who read every single review on Amazon before making a purchase tend to be less happy with their purchases than someone who reads the reviews on maybe the top three, five suggestions and then just like picks what's best. The good enoughers tend to be so much happier than the maximizers. So the lady is describing this and I'm like, okay, amazing. Definitely fall into that category. The romanticizer is the person who thinks this is what it's supposed to feel like when you find your soulmate. You're supposed to have sparks and you're supposed to feel like you knew this person in a past life and you have this immediate connection and you're comfortable with them and you immediately wanna hook up with them. And you're just like, it's love at first sight. It's fairy tale, it's whatever. And okay, I am not that bad not that cheesy of a version of a romanticizer, but my parents have a really great relationship and they've been married for 30 years and they're still best friends. And so I have a tendency to compare everyone when I'm dating and every like relationship to that relationship and be like, I don't know, like this my my parents never would have done this or this never would have happened to my parents. I know that having a healthy relationship to reference is better than not, but I will say that sometimes it can be a lot of pressure. Because I'm like, nothing is ever going to live up to where these two people have been best friends for 30 plus years. They have two kids. They have worked a very long time on learning each other's nuances and communication styles and all of that. That's like not a realistic bar for people that you've gone on a handful of dates with or you've been dating for weeks or months or even years. Like, that is a lot to try and live up to. So, anyways, that is the way in which I am a romanticizer. And that's actually one of the examples she gives in a book in the book too, is one of her clients who's a romanticizer, whose parents have a really great relationship. And she's always trying to get things to like stack up to that. And I do have a few friends who admit that they fall into that category where it's like, yeah, that is the one drawback of having parents with a fantastic relationship is nothing else seems like it will ever stack up to that okay and then we have the hesitator and the hesitator is someone who's like a perfectionist and they want to make sure that they have their life and their career and their emotions and their health and like everything perfect before they get in a relationship with anyone and that comes from self-judgment and that comes from you saying I am not yet good enough I wouldn't date me yet so I can't expect someone else to date me you're trying to make sure that your life is perfect before you let anyone else into it Because you're like, I wouldn't want to share a life with me right now. Self-judgment. That keeps you from getting into relationships. Yeah, that's another thing that I have a tendency to fall victim to. I'm a perfectionist. But I'm also a creative and an entrepreneur. And so my life is chaotic a lot of the times. And sometimes it looks really, really good and put together. And sometimes it looks really, really bad and chaotic and I'm like oh my god who would want to put up with this but that's part of the fun of being in a relationship is like all the adventures that you guys get to go on together building a life together no one wants to walk into a completely perfect situation and the funny part is I love when other people show me their imperfections and are vulnerable to me because then it makes me feel more relaxed like I can be imperfect and vulnerable I also feel honored that they would share that with me that they felt comfortable enough. Like I feel really flattered that they felt comfortable sharing that with me. And then it also helps you have a closer connection with that person. Like this person is human and it's like endearing I have a tendency to feel like my life is way too chaotic for someone else to want to put up with it and so I'm like I'm just going to make sure I figure this out first or I'm gonna get my podcast launched first and then I'm gonna spend more time on dating or I'm gonna hit this amount of monthly income on brand deals and then I'll put more time into dating and that is simply not how life works. You can't just put all of your time and energy into your career for 30 years and then wake up one day and say, I want a family and I want it now and go marry the next person you meet. You need the practice of being out there and dating people and meeting new people and figuring out what you like and what you care about. When people say like figuring out what you like and you're like, well, I do not know what I like. You might know what you like preference wise. You might be like, this is my type, I'm always attracted to these traits, but you don't know what your deal breakers are until you're fucking dealing with them. You don't know if your deal breaker is going to be like complete and utter lack of emotional intelligence or if you can kind of deal with that and you're fine with coaching someone a little bit as long as they are kind and open-minded. Maybe you really need someone to be a good communicator because you're not the best communicator. You're not going to know that kind of stuff until you're actively dating. So you don't want to wait until you're ready for the relationship or you're ready to get married and start a family to start putting time into that. So I think as a hesitator, what you end up doing is you rob yourself of the experience that you need for future relationships when maybe right now isn't the best time for you to be in a relationship And maybe you are really busy with a lot of other stuff and your life is chaotic. But A, you might just find someone who doesn't give a fuck and thinks you're cool and awesome anyway and wants to hang out with you despite you having a lot of stuff going on. Are you being imperfect? Because everyone's imperfect. Or maybe you're just going to get a lot of great experience dating and meeting new people and figuring out what you like while you figure out your life. And then once stuff settles a little bit, you're going to be in a better position to make an informed decision when you're choosing a partner. Another thing that my 20-something-year-old female friends in New York love to talk about is attachment style. Now, if you're not familiar with the book Attached, there are four attachment styles outlined in that book. Secure, avoidant, anxious, and anxious avoidant. Secure, as you can probably guess, is ideal, and that's where you can form healthy attachments to people, but you're secure so you're not anxious you're not begging someone to give you validation or you're not like needing to have this certain type of attachment or relationship to someone and there's avoidant and avoidant is where you run from consistent communication commitment any type of situation that makes you feel like you might lose some of your independence or be at risk of getting hurt those are kind of like the two types of avoidance so you're either being avoidant because you want to maintain your independence. Maybe you've had experiences in the past that make you feel like your independence is really important to you and you don't want to become dependent on someone else because you've worked really hard for that. Or maybe you're just afraid of getting hurt. So you avoid situations where there is clear, consistent communication or someone has feelings because that's when people are at risk of getting hurt. So maybe someone communicates having feelings for you and you're starting to have feelings for that person and you run away from that because you don't want to get to the point where you've become really, really vulnerable and that person has the power to hurt you. Then there's anxious attachment style. Anxious attachment style, also kind of self-explanatory. It's like you need a lot of validation. You need someone to, every single day, remind you and reinforce that they are interested in you they haven't lost interest you just tend to feel really insecure about like maybe why does this person like me or does this person still like me that's the anxious attachment style anxious avoidant is such a fun combination and what i naturally am it is the most rare type of fucked up i think it's only like five percent of the population and it's also the most difficult to handle anxious avoidant is that like interesting combination where whatever someone else does triggers one of those sides in you so if someone's being avoidant you're going to be anxious so they're not giving you attention you're going to really want that attention or someone's being anxious and you're going to be avoidant someone is like asking for validation and you're going to run and be like oh my god it's too much the thing to figure out first of all figure out why you are the way you are second of all figure out a way to get yourself to act the opposite of the way you're acting unless you're you're secure Obviously, if you're secure, you want to continue being secure. Secure people, I think, make up half the population, but most of them are in relationships already because they securely bond with people and they communicate well and they tend to find relationships pretty easily. Anxious and avoidant people and anxious avoidant people make up the majority of the singles pool, which is why that's so difficult. But the good news is you can heal your attachment style which is what a lot of people are doing as they like navigate through dating is they're figuring out like, why do I do certain things the way that I do them? And how do I fix that to get the outcome that I actually want? That is the way that a lot of people go from, okay, I was avoidant and now I'm getting more secure or I was anxious avoidant, and I'm getting more secure. I've at least healed the avoidant side of that. This is where I go back to the advice of just literally do the opposite of what you normally do. Because if you can identify I'm usually avoidant and I usually run from clear consistent communication. I run from people who are interested in me. Just force yourself to do the opposite. Even if you're like I 100% of me does not want to go on this date right now because I know that I'm I my avoidant side is out, force yourself to go. If you have a tendency to be anxious and you have a tendency to beg for validation, you're the person who sends the text immediately after the day, oh my God, that was so much fun. Let's do it again sometime. Or you don't hear from someone for a day, a couple days, and you're like out of your mind and you are typing up a paragraph or you want to send something to them. Don't do it just force yourself not to do it. If you're anxious and you have a tendency to like need that validation from everyone, maybe you're someone who needs to force yourself to go on like a lot of dates and not send anxious follow-up texts to any of them. That's like something you need to train yourself and learn like, oh my God, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna live if someone doesn't wanna go on a second date with me or if someone loses interest in me or if I don't get the validation follow-up, whatever that I need it. Anyway, I just think it's very powerful forcing yourself to do the opposite of what you would normally do. That removes a lot of the thinking, a lot of the overthinking, the room for overthinking from the equation. And it just forces you to get a different outcome. And I think by doing the opposite of what you normally do and experiencing a different outcome, you learn a lot about yourself throughout that. Whether that other outcome is positive or negative, you at least learn how you act in different situations and how you feel about different outcomes. Like maybe what you usually love as an avoidant person is maintaining your independence and having stuff not develop into anything, but maybe through forcing yourself not to run from something early on, you end up developing feelings for someone and you learn that all you really needed to do was get past that initial scary part where you want to run And you can form secure attachments and clearly communicate and have positive relationships with people. And all you needed to do was switch up your behavior in the beginning to get to that. Okay, I feel like that pretty much covers most of the stuff that I wanted to talk to you and most of how I've been doing like the juju readjustment stuff with my friends. Um, I will say summary of the takeaways. Put positive energy out into the universe and you will get positive energy back. That is like number one. Be fucking honest. It's efficient. It's scary at first, but you're going to get what you want faster that way. I think it's really easy to get attached to certain outcomes once we're involved. Once you have a crush on someone, you have feelings for them, it's easy to want stuff to work out with them. But what you have to do is maintain your vision and stay focused on what it is you actually want and what you actually want is a healthy communicative mutually loving relationship with someone who maybe you view as your person or your soulmate or whatever maybe you want to get married you want to have kids maintain that long-term vision and know that what you actually want is like true love and not just for it to work out with this person Because if this person isn't your person, what you should want is to quickly and efficiently learn that. Learn that they're not your person and be able to move on and go meet new people so that you can find your person. One more thing that I want to do on this podcast, and not just with this episode, but just with everything that we talk about in general, is I would love to be able to talk to you guys on my stories and just like on Instagram, get messages and and you know, responses to question boxes and stuff like that with your problems, with what you're going through, with stuff that's helped you so that I can include that and just like make this more conversational and interactive because that's something I really love about social media. Um, And I think it makes stuff a lot more interesting when we can talk about specific situations. So I'm going to give you a few examples of recent specific situations that I have talked through with my friends. And um, I'm going to tell you how we have thought about stuff and what's helped us. And hopefully it's helpful to you guys. And then in future episodes, I'll be able to include things that you guys send to me so that I can be, again, conversational and we can talk about specific scenarios. Okay, so I have a friend who has been in a few, one particular, but a few, not so healthy relationships where she had a lot of trust in her significant other and they broke that trust and so now she has a lot of trouble trusting new people and so where she used to form more secure attachments and maybe even lean a little bit anxious she's developed she's become a lot more guarded and so she's developed a little bit of an avoidant side so she's telling me the other day i'm dating this new person he's clear consistent communicative i think i could really like him I'm not like fully there yet. I don't fully have feelings, but I think I could. And I want to continue seeing him. But every single time he brings up like making new plans or are we in a relationship or I see a future with you, I feel like running. I literally have to turn off this voice in my head that's saying run away. And I relate a lot to that as having some avoidant in my personality. We talked about how she just needs to literally force herself to do the opposite of that. And so the solution for her is one, don't get really physically involved until I feel like this is a person that I'm okay getting attached to. Okay, great. That's something that can be really helpful to a lot of women. I have a lot of female friends who take that approach. And two, I am going to communicate my tendencies to this person and be like, listen, I am really guarded. I've had some negative experiences and I feel like I wanna run. But I really like you. I think you're really cool. I think I could have feelings for you. Maybe this can turn into a relationship. But I just want to let you know that that's my tendency. And I want to take it slow for that reason. And three is doing a little bit of the forcing herself to do the opposite of what she'd normally do. She's like, normally at this point, I would be like, bye. I need to focus on school, work, whatever other things I have going on. And tell this guy, this is not going to be a match. This is not a fit even though she's interested in him and it could potentially turn into a positive relationship and it might be a fit. So just forcing herself to do the opposite of that has been really, really helpful in getting her a different outcome than she's used to. I have another friend who has seen a lot of like negative relationship examples. And because of that, she's very pragmatic when it comes to dating. She's like, I want someone who is in this stage of their life who communicates this way and can provide this type of support to me and our future family. And I'm like, are you dating them or are you interviewing them for a job? As they said in Sex in the City, the perfect on paper guy is never good off paper. And I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't think it means that you need to marry someone or date someone, whatever, who's like really, really chaotic and fucked up on paper because that means they're cool in real life. But I do think that that's an example of focusing on the wrong things and then getting that energy handed back to you by the universe. Like you aren't looking for someone who you have a really great connection with, who's a great communicator, who's kind, consistent, and who where there's like really great mutual interest. You're not looking for those important things. You're looking for him to have a really great resume and be really consistent. And I've even heard from a lot of friends, I want to date someone who's more interested in me, who likes me more than I like them, because that feels safer to me. That's super common sentiment among my female friends. Whereas my guy friends will be like, why do women settle so often? Like all the time, you'll see really, really great girls who are like smart, successful, hot with these guys who are just like not on their level. It just does not make sense. It's not an even match, even trade in any way. And I think the reason that is, is because when women a lot of times find a guy who's just like enthusiastically into them and consistent and clear and communicative, they're like, that feels so much safer than my dream scenario, my dream outcome. I'm just going to do the safe thing. And then I'm going to get a lot of the other outcomes I want. I'm going to be able to be with someone who really cares about me and we're in a clear, consistent relationship and we're building a future together. We can get married and have kids and do all that. I think a lot of women are like more focused on that and they would prefer safety to the most perfect, most ideal outcome where men tend to be a lot more of maximizers where they're like, I want to find the hottest, coolest, funniest, like best woman that I can before I decide to reluctantly settle down. And for guys, like there's not that opportunity cost with timeline related to fertility. They can date indefinitely and have kids at 40 or 50 or 60 if they want to, whereas women's fertility starts to sharply decline at 35. That was just such a tangent. Anyways, I was talking to this friend who really wants to be in a relationship and she's gone on a lot of dates recently and she's like, I literally just can't find... connection with anyone I don't feel like compelled to go past two or three dates with anyone that I've met in the last like year or two years meanwhile her focus is on this person's resume and this person being like the right type of provider and just like everything on paper and this person liking her more than she likes them because that's safer for her she's again very pragmatic with dating and I'm like first of all you don't settle in any other area of your life. You don't settle settle in career. You moved away from your hometown to New York because you wouldn't settle for limited experiences. You won't settle with your friends. You won't settle with your travel plans. You won't settle with even your clothes or your career, like anything. But you're willing to settle in this massively impactful area of your life when it comes to dating and like having a relationship with someone. That's where you're Going to settle. I think the reason it's so much more tempting to settle when it comes to dating, love, relationships is because that's an area where you have no control. If you're a really high achiever, you have a lot of control over your health, your body, the way you dress, the way you look, where you live, how your career goes. Those things are all like very controllable. If you put in a lot of work, you're going to get great outcomes in those areas. But you can put in a lot of work to dating, love, relationships, sex and still really struggle because the uncontrollable is the other person. You don't know how these other people are gonna to respond to you in the dating world. So it's a lot scarier for someone who has a lot of control over outcomes and other areas of their lives to say, you know what, I'm still gonna go for it. I'm not gonna settle and I'm gonna take this risk and I'm gonna jump, even though I have seemingly no control over the outcome. There's a lot you can't control in dating, love, relationships, because there are multiple people involved. But I think what's important to remember is wouldn't you rather get hurt going for what you actually want? There is no option with dating, love, sex, relationships to not get hurt. You're either going to get hurt going for what it is you actually want, or you're going to get hurt sitting on the sidelines and letting life pass you by. Dying alone sucks. Being alone would suck for, for most people. We're social creatures. We bond. We mate. Whatever. So, Being alone all the time for your whole life and experiencing nothing and never learning what you like for most people sucks and that's going to hurt. That's going to be its own type of painful. Dating and getting your heart broken and putting yourself in risky situations and being honest about how you feel before you know how someone's going to respond is scary. If you're someone who is a really high achiever and you work your ass off and you get what you want in pretty much every area of your life, but you really struggle To take risks and jump when it comes to love and relationships you have to recognize that that is because this is an uncontrollable area you don't have much if any control over the outcome but the only way the only chance that you have to get what you actually want and to find your person and to have find true love your soulmate like whatever you believe in and to build a life that you love is to fucking go for it to send it to just like jump stop being a little bitch I literally said this to my friend the other day I was like stop being such a pussy like you go for everything in your life you've created such an amazing life in literally every aspect but the one area where you won't send it is dating and it's going to be the reason that you're unhappy in life wouldn't you rather get hurt going for what you actually want than get hurt letting life pass you by it's like that cheesy quote it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved who said that my English major teacher mom is going to be so disappointed. I don't know. Anyway, that is all for today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of You're Welcome, where I give life advice that regardless of whether I take is solid. I don't always take my own advice, but it's good advice. So you're welcome. Okay, love you. Bye.